Macworld Podcast, number 11, Special Edition, October 12, 2005. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for this special edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'm your host, Saruj Faravar. Earlier this morning, a whole bunch of media, including several Macworld editors, were treated to a wonderful presentation down in San Jose, just about an hour south of our main offices here in San Francisco, where we heard about all kinds of new things that Apple's doing. We heard about the brand new iTunes Music Store, iTunes 6, that has the new iTunes Music Store that supports videos and television shows for download. We've got a brand new iPod that supports video playback. We've got a brand new iMac that's even thinner than the one before. We've got a few new applications, including Photo Booth. We've got the Apple Remote. We've got all kinds of new stuff, and we've all got it covered right here on the Macworld Podcast. Also, make sure you check out our reviews, analysis, and also other commentary available at Macworld.com and PlaylistMag.com. Later on in the show, we'll be having a roundtable discussion with a few Macworld editors. But first, I wanted to get into Steve Jobs' keynote. Apple's CEO this morning gave about an hour and a half long address where he talked about some of the new products that Apple had announced today. The first one that I want to play is a clip where he's talking about the brand new iTunes Music Store that sells television shows, including the popular shows Desperate Housewives and Lost, both available from ABC. Well, there is one more thing that we're announcing today that you can buy off the iTunes Music Store, and that is TV shows. Now, if we're going to get TV shows, we ought to get the biggest hits, right? Well, what's the number one hit show on television? Desperate Housewives. What's the number two hit television show? Lost. And what network are they on? They're both on ABC. And who owns ABC? Disney. I know these guys. Now, of course, these videos would be sort of useless if we didn't have something to play them on. And, of course, as I mentioned, Apple released the new iPod, which has video playback capability. So here's Steve Jobs again talking about the brand new iPod. We have a beautiful two-and-a-half-inch TFT display, 320 by 240 pixels, so it's very high density, 260,000 colors. The color is fantastic on it. And, most importantly, we support real-time decoding of H.264 video. This is the video standard used in QuickTime 7, and it's adopted as an international standard. It is the best video compression technology on the planet. And the iPod decodes it wonderfully as well as MPEG-4. And we have TV out, so if you want to buy an optional cable, you can hook the output right up to your TV. And the video quality is just amazing for watching iMovies, for watching video podcasts, for watching music videos, for watching anything that you've got that you want to see on your iPod. It's pretty amazing. And also, just in time for the end of your holidays, Apple also released a brand new iMac. Its main feature is that it has an iSight camera built right into the case over the top center of the screen. Now, with the iSight camera, 
you probably want to use it to take photos. So Apple developed a fun application called Photo Booth, which sort of simulates a real photo booth. And Steve demoed it at the keynote. So here's Photo Booth. Mm. And uh, I can go ahead and just take my picture here. And you know, we were in a dark room one time and we thought, wouldn't it be great if we had a flash? And we thought, well, we do have a flash. There's a lot of light behind this display if we just flash it to white. So there's a flash built in, the whole display goes white, and it works really well. But Now, the new iMac also comes with a brand new device called the Apple Remote. It looks and feels just like an iPod Shuffle, and it's used so that when you click it, you can take control of iTunes, the DVD player, and a couple other applications just with a click of a button. So from across the room, you can control those things. And Steve Jobs talked about it again from his keynote address. What is a remote control Apple style? It's this. Six buttons. It's really thin, really nice. You can hold it in your hand like this. But it's not just about the remote. It's about what it can do. And I'd like to show you front row now. So I've got my remote here. And uh, I'm sitting on my sofa. And I want to enjoy some music from across the room. What do I do? I push this little menu button. And that happens. Well, let's see that again. There's my computer. And this is front row. That's all it takes to get in it. Is wherever I am, I'm in front row. And I can move around, look at my photos, play a DVD, look at my videos. But let's start with music. And what do I have here? I have all of the music from my iTunes music library and all of my playlists. And so I can just go down here, I can shuffle songs, I can go into playlists, look at artists, podcasts, whatever I want. In playlists, I can go down here and, you know, whatever, pick a playlist and uh, just play it. And from across the room, I'm seeing album art, controlling the volume. Go to the next song. Skip a song. After getting back from this rousing event down in San Jose, a few of the Apple editors and I sat down and discussed what we'd seen and heard earlier today. All right, I'm here with a roundtable discussion with the editors from Macworld. We've got our own senior news editor, John Seff. How you doing, John? Good, thanks. How are you doing? We've also got our editorial director, Jason Snell. How, how's it going, Jason? Pretty good. And we've got our news editor of Macworld.com, direct from Canada, Jim Darwinple. Hi. All right, so all you guys were at the event this morning. We've got a lot of news to cover. So let's start off with the video iPod. What do you guys make of it? Well, I think the first thing that's really different about it is how it looks. It's, it's noticeably thinner from previous full-size iPods. It's noticeably better than the, um, the color iPod screen on the fourth-generation iPod. It is noticeably higher resolution, more colors, mm -hmm. and just a, a, a much prettier screen. More like the nano screen, the, the Christmas of the, of the nano screen. Is it, this actually, is it the same like uh, I don't know, codec or, or does it dis does it support the same colors and that playback and that kind of thing? Obviously, the video is different, but I'm saying is the car the colors the same for photos and things? It it looks to be the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's 
very clear, very very crisp in, in every aspect of the of the screen. Uh, unlike what Jason was saying, unlike the the last generation color iPods, that it was color, but it just seemed kind of dull. Now we've got the new videos to go with it on the music store. We've got the television shows Desperate Housewives, Lost, and a couple from Disney. Um, Jason, why don't you fill us in on some of those? Yeah, it, it's really interesting. Um, one of the things about speculating about a video iPod was everybody was convinced that it couldn't happen because um, when Apple was coming up with the iTunes Music Store, there were lots of leaks from record labels. And so since there were no leaks from movie studios, we figured, well, it's not going to happen. And in fact, what happened is that Apple went to Disney. Greg Joswiak of Apple actually told me that they didn't approach anybody else. They went to Disney and said, we want to launch some TV shows for sale on the store. What do you got? So you put that together with the music videos and with some of the, the Pixar shorts, which I think they had an in there, uh, and, and you end up with a way for them to launch a video store without having any leaks and sort of as a trial run where they can show it to other movie studios, other TV networks, and say, this is how it's going to work, and then get them on board too. So it's actually, I think, pretty cleverly done. They're not, I mean, it's so clearly a work in progress, but... Um, it's, it's not a bad start. Um, the other thing that I think is really interesting from a TV standpoint is that they chose not only their two most popular ABC shows, but then they chose a new show, The Night Stalker, which is a kind of sci-fi horror show. And I think that's interesting because I think that's an attempt by, by ABC to um, see if there's an alternate way to launch a new show and find viewers that they might not find on traditional TV. Go ahead, John. Uh, and one thing that's sort of interesting is that you would expect that in launching a video store that um, an iPod, you know, that played video, that movies would play a big part in it. And, you know, people talk about, well, movies take up too much room, they're too hard to download. And, you know, starting with TV shows is really something I didn't think anybody expected. Um, the way Apple dealt with the record labels, people thought that they would probably be dealing with the movie studios. And, of course, Disney is a movie studio, but they're dealing with ABC, the, the TV, you know, aspect. Um, but I really expected that when they launched something and they would have content, that they would have had some deals in place for some sort of movies as opposed to just uh, TV shows. And if you think about it, um, if they did a movie at, at a similar size, um, a, a TV show that's an hour-long TV show that's 44 minutes, 43 minutes without the commercials, um, a movie is probably going to be twice that. So it's like downloading two episodes if they kept the same size. So if people are willing to download a couple episodes, um, if they kept the H.264 codec in the same size, it would be possible to, to download movies in, the same, in a similar fashion. Also, there's one other interesting thing about this, which is that, um, that uh, not only can you do video po- or regular podcasts, you can do video podcasts. And I know Chris Breen did one on PlaylistMag.com for us as a, as a test. And that was available in iTunes 5. But now you can do a video podcast and it goes on your iPod um, you can subscribe to podcasts through the store, and you know it, how far further can we go with this? I think it would not take very much to be in a situation where you could subscribe for pay to a video podcast that's essentially a show. I mean, if if you want to get Desperate Housewives or something like The Daily Show, if that were to come on the iTunes Store, and you could say, yeah, you know what, I want The Daily Show every day, and I'm willing to pay whatever a month in order to get it, and then subscribe to it and it gets pushed to you, rather than having to go to the store and buy every episode as it comes out. I think that all that technology is in place now on the store. So now it's not a matter of secret technology Apple will have to roll out in order to make this stuff happen. You know, movie studios can start selling their movies on the store 
tomorrow if they wanted to and if Apple wanted to let them, and it would work with those new iPods. So now, you know, there's a really broad canvas, and we'll see, you know, who's painting on it. Well, it seems like there's a big, you know, question that sort of Steve was alluding to in the end of the presentation, whereby this sort of changes, in a way, how television is watched in this country and, I guess, around the world, in that you can, instead of having to tape it or watch it when it's broadcast, you can pay two bucks, you get it ad-free, and you can watch it whenever and wherever you want. Yeah, exactly. Although international is, is, is an issue here. We're, we're right now, you know, TV networks have gotten used to being able to buy a show from the U.S. and then show it whenever they want. And um, it's become a problem with, with people downloading it on the Internet instead. And this is only going to make it a bigger problem. Now, I'm sure that all of these sales are going to be restricted in the U.S. The, of these TV shows today. But it's going to raise this issue even more where, you know, if somebody in the U.K. wants to subscribe to Desperate Housewives ad-free and give their money straight to the studio that makes it, um, one, you know, is the studio going to want to sell it to them? And two, does that devalue and how much does it devalue selling that show to the TV network in the U.K.? I mean, it's it's it it opens a can of worms, but I think the potential is really great. Now, let's also um, switch gears now and talk a little bit about the iMac. The iMac, of course, is the all-in-one unit, and they've made it even thinner. They've basically just got an LCD and a motherboard and, you know, the hard drive and all those things smacked right there behind it. And I think one of everyone's favorite features is that they've integrated the iSight directly into the screen. Jason, you use a G5 with an iSight above yours. Do you think this will change, you know, consumption of the iMac? I, I, think it's a, I think it's a natural. I think that it's only a matter of time before you see those cameras built into all, all the Apple displays on their external displays, on their PowerBooks, and, uh, you know, obviously we're seeing it now on the iMac. I, I think that uh, there's just too much great opportunity for, for video iChat, for snapshots. Um, it, it's interesting to see that Apple tried to make it fun on this consumer product, that they, that they included the software to take, you know, funny pictures of yourself and send them to your friends. I think that is pretty clever. But, um, you know, the more p- video cameras that are out there, the more likely you're going to be using the video chat technology, which is a lot of fun. So I think it's a, it's kind a of really a smart idea. Egg problem, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, once you know, I, I bought a, a an iMac for my for my uh, in laws last year, and uh, they didn't want to get a, a camera for it. They're like, eh, I don't want to buy a camera. And so now we don't video chat with them, and they don't get to see their grandchildren on the video chat. And you know, I wish it had had an iSight built in because then it would just not be an issue. You just press the button and talk to them because it would be built in. It's a mm-hmm. great idea. Mm-hmm. What, what I find sort of interesting about the new iMac is that. In addition to the the video features and the the new shape and the size, well, same shape, just different size, um, is that they've incorporated some new technologies into it um, that are making their foray into the Mac for the first time in a consumer model. Um, The new iMac has uh, PCI Express um, graphics, um, which replaces um, the AGP in other models, and that's something that's being used widely on the PC side, but it hasn't been used on the Mac yet. And also it's using DDR2 RAM, which is a faster version of the dual data rate RAM that um, the other computers use. So um, obviously you're going to see the new computers when they come out with new models of stuff. They're going to incorporate these changes also. But I find it interesting that the first time that they're using these sort of more advanced um, technologies is in a consumer model where most of the people probably won't really notice or know what they are. But um, it's a good step forward for Apple. Go ahead, Jim. I I think one of the... uh the interesting things about the whole day is that we typically we wouldn't see a Mac model introduced on the same day as um, 
uh, an iPod. You know, they're two separate product lines. There are two divisions, separate divisions inside the company. But what they did was, from from one side of the company to the other, make a set of products that are able to communicate with each other. And it, it's close to getting to the home, but it's not quite there yet. I mean, now we need the the whole thing to connect to the TV because that's that's where I watch most of my video, and I would love to be able to pull up my iPhoto libraries directly from um, you know a networked Mac using you know the interface that we saw today in in Front Row. And I thought that was pretty good. Well, it seems like it'll work pretty well. I mean, that's sort of what they're gearing up toward is to have people have their iPod and their iMac connected right to their TV, just like you said. Yeah, I, I think I think the one thing that that what Jim's getting at is that is that the missing piece here is. A, a device that gives you the front row kind of interface on your TV set. Right now, there's the you know this great interface, and it you know hallelujah that Apple has done a, a remote control and a nice interface. That was one of the things that was missing. All the attempts to connect Mac Minis to TV sets were bound to be frustrated because there was no good UI for that involving like a little remote control. And front row is it. It's great. And yeah, you can play back videos on your iPod, but you can't navigate through the menu and the, you know and and pick slideshows using the remote. You have to go up and use the iPod. And the, that's the missing piece is, you know, I want front row on my TV set in some form, and that's not there yet. Now, I, you know, looking at today's announcements, I think it's obvious that that is where they're going to go, either with a computer or with some sort of light device that's not a computer but has a lot of this these features. And that's good. I want them to go there because I think that would be a fantastic product for them to do. That would go right head-to-head with the Microsoft Media Center and some of the other ones. Well, right. Something that would attach to your TV and and would would get your data from your Mac that was hiding away somewhere on your network. But the, you know, it would be a product that would let you sit on your couch and have access to your iTunes music, to your slideshows from iPhoto, to videos you downloaded over the internet, to DVDs maybe that you you know ripped from your DVD collection or or movies you downloaded, whatever, you know, wherever that media is coming from in one place on the couch. Because like Jim said, yeah, where do I watch most of the video in my life? It's it's also on the TV and not on my computer screen and not on my uh, iPod or my phone. One other interesting thing is that Apple did confirm today for us that uh, Front Row will not be available right now for any other system. It's only going to be on this new iMac and... Uh, they have no media plans to put right. it on anything else. Yeah, but I mean, realistically, I'm sure it'll end up there very quickly. <laughs> but but it is one way to, for them to sell more iMacs, and it really is really it's well integrated with their hardware. It comes that remote that comes with the iMac. It's got the iMac actually has a little magnet on the right side that helps it attach when you, when you want to store it on there, and it's it's great integration. But you know, I'm sure that before too long, you'll be seeing it on other systems. I think it would be great on a Mac Mini. I mean, that would be a natural. So you think that's what people should look for 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 Expo coming up in a few months? Is something along those lines? Maybe, maybe. Only Apple knows for sure. I mean, <laughs> re- you'll remember that when the Mighty Mouse an- announcement came out, they said, "Well, this is only going to be available separately," and everybody knew it would be eventually available with systems. And indeed, they shipped the new iMac, and it's got the Mighty Mouse in the box. So it's only a matter of time. Great. I think it's a it's a clear sign that Apple has a strategy in this market, and that that's a good sign because up until today. Uh, they may have had a strategy, but they weren't telling anybody about it. So they've done it in a way that uh, that doesn't threaten uh, the movie studios, that doesn't really threaten uh, the competition. Uh, so you know they can roll this thing out, see what the um, uh, what the response is, and then make changes as they need to, so that you know if they do launch a, an actual movie store, 
the foundation will already be set. Let's let's be clear here too. The the um, these are two different announcements, and they're the interesting things happening on the iTunes Store, and then there's the video playback on the iPod. And it, it's important to note that the video iPod will play back H.264 or MPEG-4 videos. In so if you can get a video file in a certain format that it plays and put it on the iPod, it will play. So you you don't have to just get videos from the store in order to get things to play. Videos from other products that save out in video format, whether it's you know TiVo's or uh, other products, you know videos you download off the internet. As long as they're in H.264 or MPEG-4, they're going to play. And uh, today, you know, Apple, along with iTunes 6, they also released an update to QuickTime, QuickTime 703. And within that update, um, the person I spoke to during the, the demonstration said that it actually adds an export feature to QuickTime that is sort of an export for iPods. So it will export 30 frames per second, 320 by 240 um, pixels, and uh, whatever else, whatever information it needs. And you know, maybe it'll ask you for um, some sort of meta information so it can store it easier in iTunes. Who knows? Um, how it actually gets over from your computer onto the iPod has yet to be seen. But Actually, what I saw is that um, there are two ways you can get it to the iPod. Um, it, 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 it Actually, for the iPod, it goes in your iTunes, and then you sync from iTunes. The... Um, the front row with the new iMac will look in your iTunes library or in your movies folder. The iPod syncs with iTunes, so you would you would probably drag it in. I mean, none of us have actually been able to do this yet, but you drag it in, give it its own meta information in iTunes by choosing Get Info, and then dragging it onto your iPod or syncing it with your iPod, and, and it it should come over and 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 play. Um, also, I that that QuickTime update also enables that feature in iMovie, which is pretty cool. So you can take your iMovies and just hit export, choose export to iPod, and it'll go. Right. Theoretically, any um, application that's built on QuickTime, um, Apple's you know, iMovie and Final Cut and a bunch of other applications should be able to export directly to the iPod now because they, they rest on top of QuickTime. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for joining me in this roundtable discussion for the podcast. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. And we'll talk to you again soon. So that concludes this special edition of the Macworld Podcast. Once again, I'm Sarus Faravar. That music that you're hearing is the famous jazz trumpet player Wynton Marsalis and his trio who performed at the conclusion of Apple's event today. And, of course, please do keep sending us email. My email address is cfaravar at macworld.com. We'll have that up on the show notes. Please send us comments. Please send us audio comments. Please just let us know how we can keep this podcast getting better and better. Signing off from San Francisco, this is Sarus Faravar with the Macworld Podcast. <laughs>